0: Well, tonight and next Wednesday night are going to be two messages that we're ministering of a series of eight that I'm going to minister throughout the year. Holy Spirit gave me the plan of ministering on servanthood, what it means to serve, what it means to be a servant. And the title of my message is this, Helping Like the Helper. You've never heard this message preached in this church before. This one or the other seven. I mean, there's things I'll say that are familiar, but I've never preached this message like this. Um, We're living in a time when the church... Is the answer for humanity? The church is. You say, well, Jesus is, yeah. He's the head of the church. We're the body. We're joint heirs with Him. He needs us. He needs us in the earth. He needs us to do everything in the earth the way He would do it. He needs us to hear from the Holy Spirit who is revealing to us the heart of the Father the same way that the Holy Spirit that he was baptized in in the River Jordan when his earthly ministry started. Same Holy Spirit that he had is the same Spirit that lives inside of us. And we have to be led by that same Spirit, hear that same voice, and do exactly in the earth what God wants done. That's what fixes our planet. The church is the answer for humanity. Not a new government Not a new leader, not a this, that, you know, we pray, we do all we're supposed to do, that the Word tells us to do, but at the end of the day, it's the people who have inherited the authority of the name of Jesus are what matter in the earth. And our leader on the earth, our leader on the earth, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, Father's on the throne, and our leader on the earth is the person of the Holy Spirit. What's his name? The helper. So, we got to learn to help like the helper. He's the perfect example, and I'm not talking about, this is not a message to try to get you to do something in the church. But the church is a good place to do something. And when you get done with this series this year, these two are just foundational for the rest of it. I don't know why God had me do it this way, but it's going to be really good. You'll have this on audio. You'll have it on video. You can go back and watch it. You can send other people to hear about how to be a helper. Everybody say, I'm a helper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we got the helper to show us how to help. God wants you helping at home, whatever your home looks like. He wants you helping on the job, whatever that looks like for you. He wants you helping in church life. He wants you to be a helper to your family members, near and far, ones you like, ones you don't like. That's always popular. (laughs) But He wants you to be a helper all the time, all the time. There's a lot of there's a lot of helping to do. And actually, you're gonna see in scripture, because I'm gonna read a lot of scripture to you in the next few minutes. But it is a ministry in the body of Christ. And it's for everybody. Can you say amen? amen. I want to look at a number of verses of scripture <clears throat> that just talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. Just just I'm going to run through these real quick, these just one verses of Scripture each. I'm going to start with John 14 and verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. Who's the first helper? Jesus. Amen? He's the first helper. Now He's going to give us another helper so we can be helpers. We're not the helper, but He wants us to help on earth the way He helped everybody on earth. Can you say amen? The way Jesus did, and now how the Holy Spirit does with us, if we allow Him to. I'll give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. Our helper abides with us. Think about that as we continue this tonight. Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus saying this, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance... He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the true helper, you'll be a better teacher. Right? Sandra is a school teacher. Not everybody's called to be a school teacher, but everybody's called to teach. Hmm? Everybody's called to teach. One-on-one, you know, I mean... You can learn a lot a lot from taking the time to teach your dog how to act. Right? Everybody's called to teach. Closer you are to the Holy Ghost, the true helper, he'll teach you how to teach in a helping way. And he'll bring to remembrance all the things that Jesus said to us. And that's what he's here to do with us. Can you say amen to that? John 16:7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. So the helper is an advantage. God wants you to be a helper and to be an advantage to other people. He he wants you helping other people that creates advantage on their behalf. One of the things you're going to get out of this message is that no good helper thinks about themselves. Selfishness and helping, do they're like oil and water. They don't mix. When I'm about me, I ain't worried about what's happening with anybody else. I don't want to help anybody. Holy Spirit is the unselfish one that is a true helper to help anybody and everybody. And listen, Jesus never actually... When, when Jesus helped people on the earth, you know what he told them? Can okay, I go and don't tell anybody. Hmm? Here, we help somebody and something good happens and we need to get you on the news. You know, we need to put you up in front and everybody needs to know everything. I mean, you know, there's time to share things, yeah. But at first, you have to learn what it's like to do something and get no credit for it. Your credit needs to come from God, but you got to develop that. That doesn't just happen, I promise you. Nobody likes that. Man, we want, it. we want the cameras there and everything else when we do something spectacular and something spectacular happens. And all. Man, we want it all there. we got to get over that. You won't be a true helper, and you're going to see the benefits of being a helper that are beyond anything that you can even fathom or comprehend on planet Earth because the Scripture tells us. I wouldn't tell you that if the Scripture didn't say that, but it says it. Notice this one, Hebrews 13, 6. So we can boldly say, the Lord is our doer. No. No, He doesn't do it for us, but He'll sure help us. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When He helps you, you don't fear. When you open yourself up to Him, there's no fear. So what does that mean? If I'm going to follow his lead, then when I'm helping people, it helps lift fear off of them. Mm. So so I want you to see this. There's something out of this passage I want you to see, 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. It says, now we are the body of Christ. That's you. That's me. Amen? We are the body of Christ. And we are members individually. God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Now he asks these questions, and we're going to answer these questions and then look at what's missing. Are all apostles? No, actually very few. Are all prophets? Very few. Are all teachers? Not like he's talking about here in the fivefold ministry. No, very few. Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Should, but don't. Do all interpret? No, should, but don't. We all should be able to speak in other tongues and have interpretation of tongues, but but all don't. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. Let's see. God has appointed this first. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, helps. But when he said, when he was asking the question, are all in helps? And instead of saying no... He left that out because we're all called to help. Did you hear what I said? We are all called to help. Um, And and understanding this really matters. Um, I mean, think about this. Um, Most people, most people are not called when you think about the numbers most people are not called to this, this ministry, the, the, a pulpit ministry. Most people are not. Um, most people are not called to the head of a corporation. Most people are not called to be the principal of a school. When you think of all the people that there are, not everybody's called to be that, correct? Correct? But I see from the scripture, everybody's called to help. Or he would have said, are all called to helps? Absolutely not. No, that's not true. Everybody's called to help. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so, helping is being a helper like the Holy Spirit. And it can only produce for you if you do it and you help And allow the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to empower you in your helping. Now, I I think you have to say, if you've been around here very long, you've never heard me preach this quite like this. About talking about helping like the helper. True? So, you know, most of you know, that anytime you get a truth, you got to take the truth and you got to meditate on it And you've got to make it your own, and whatever that is ministered or preached from the Word, that's why we always bring so many Scriptures, so you can go to the Scripture, you can decide for yourself and know that it's right. But you have to do that so that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you how vitally important it is that you become a helper on purpose because He needs your help. Now, I want you to remember that statement right there, because a lot of people don't think God needs anything from us. He's got it all under control. You think God has this planet under control? This planet looks like a mess. See, the truth of it is, God's in control, heaven's fine, and, and the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. But He gave authority on the earth to who? Us. Problem is, listen, the planet would not be like it is if we were hearing Him and doing everything He tells us to do. Because listen, Jesus never did a thing on planet Earth except what the Holy Spirit said, right? What Father said. And so everything He did, it worked. He turned the world upside down. He was one. And He said, We can do the same thing, and we're many. Because we can all do it in his name. So he needs our help. And when you see it that way, how can I not help? And I'll just tell you this. For 45 years, this month, I've been saved for 45 years. And for 45 years, I have learned to be a helper. I'm telling you, I'm a greater helper today than I've ever been in my life. I'm a leader, but I'm, I'm, I'm a great helper. I mean, I mean you, you want to hear me say that, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm telling you I've learned how to help. And there are many times I haven't wanted to help. But I've learned that when situations come my way that I don't want to do, I do it. I mean, I'm quicker to do things I don't want to do than I am things that, that I like. I, I find myself not doing those as much because there's no faith involved in that. Everybody say, I'm a helper. i glory to Jesus. We are helpers. Amen? Now, I want you to watch this as, as i lead you through the rest of this. Matthew 10, or uh, Matthew 20, and verse 25. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants but this is not your calling he had pulled his disciples to him and he was telling them you will lead by a completely different model gosh man i like that i just man when i when i read that i was i was strumming through the different translations as I was looking at this passage of Scripture, and I saw that, I thought, man, it's a different model. When I'm talking about being a helper, I'm talking about being a helper from a different model than my natural mind would have ever thought helping is about. It's a different model. He said, the greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with what? The heart of a servant, not the actions of a servant. You can go through the motions of serving, what you think serving is. Mm -mm. It's got to be from the heart. Now watch, Look look at the rest of this. For even the Son of Man, the head of the church, did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. He said, the greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Now, let me ask you this question about the church. So, and, and, and I want a I yes or a no out of the congregation from a few of you when I ask you this. So just, just say yes or no. I don't, I don't need a big, long explanation, just a yes or no. So what he was saying here is there are people in situations like the church in government in um, in business uh, in family there is a person who is like the greatest or the head of that so would you say that I am the head of this ministry of this church body right we we're not we're not downplaying God or the Lord Jesus. He's the head of the church. This congregation of people has to have a leader. So would you say that I'm that leader? Okay. So some people would say I'm the greatest, I'm the most important, I'm the this, that, or the other. Right? Okay. Who's the greatest leader? Who is the greatest leader in the United States of America? I'm talking position. President, right? It's the president is the most important position on the planet. Correct? All right? I mean, I mean, uh, in the United States, he's the most important position. But what Jesus said was, actually, throughout Scripture, there, there are verses of Scripture that say this, Don't many of you desire to be leaders or teachers because of how much is expected of you? So what he's saying is, if you're all that and you got your name on the sign and you're supposed to be the leader and all, then you have to be the greatest servant. So, so a lot of times, actually, if you haven't if you haven't learned to be a helper. from the true helper, then you're not ready for leadership. I'm I'm, I'm I'm talking about what we just started reading here, and you'll get the gist of it in the the rest of the verses we'll read here in the next 15 minutes. If you're not a a helper from the heart, if you're one that usurps authority, that demands respect that tries to demand and and force people into line. He said, no, 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 that's the wrong model. Because that doesn't teach people how to be what He created us to be. And He created us to be helpers. Servanthood empowers you, get this, with the talents of the Holy Spirit. So here's just a few. I mean, I mean, what does the Holy Spirit do good? <laughs> Everything. Everything. So I'm just going to give you I, I just want to give you several of these characteristics of the nature of the Holy Spirit that He wants us to live and operate in, and, and, and it's familiar ones that we know of because they, they, they pretty much go along with His name, who He is. I mean, his name is endless. But I want to start with these. So, servanthood empowers you with the talents or the abilities of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they get better in you every day. Number one, the Holy Spirit teaches you to lead. He teaches you to teach. He reveals all truth to you, and He'll teach you how to teach. The Holy Spirit will teach you as a helper how to comfort others, but only with the comfort that you're getting from Him. And you know why? Because a lot of times we'll try to comfort people in the flesh, and that's not what He's wanting. He wants you to comfort people with the way He's comforted you. That's how He wants you to be helping on the planet. The Bible calls Him the one that stands alongside. When you learn from the Holy Spirit, the helper, you'll help other people and you'll stand alongside them. You'll be, you'll, you'll be strength for them. You'll, you'll stand in the gap for them. Because listen to me, everybody always throughout life we'll need somebody at some time or another. We have the Holy Ghost, we have God, but there's times when you need some skin in the game. Can you say amen to that? But you need that skin as a helper from the heart, not somebody that's just going through the motions of it. Other thing that the Holy Spirit is, is a true friend. (laughs) I've got I've got, I mean, I, won't, I could say what well, goes without saying, but I won't go without saying it. My wife is my truly my best friend, truly the best friend I have. She has saved my life. I wouldn't be here today had it not been for the wisdom and the friendship and standing with me, come hell or high water, she's been there for me. Apart from that relationship, I have two friends that I've known from early on, that are friends today and have been all my life. I mean, I'm friends with many of you in this body. I mean, we're friends. You understand that. But I'm talking about people that you've known all your life personally, and they've stood with you. Because many people said they were my friend, but when it came to something they had to do, they were gone. But through the years, through the Holy Spirit, I've learned to be a friend that sticks closer than your brother does. I won't let you down. I've never let anybody down. People think at times I've let them down because I had to speak the truth to them, but I never have. I've never walked away from any situation with any person, ever. I don't care who it is. Fought to the end with every single person that ever had difficulties or situations that they were going through in their life. Always fought to the end. I mean, can I brag on that? Heck No. I would never have known how to do something like that without the person of the Holy Spirit. He showed me how to be that person. And listen, you got to stay connected with him because you'll bail from that kind of a person. You won't be that for the long haul if you don't stay connected to him. He's the answer. We don't get credit for that. It's because of him. Friend that's closer than a Brother. And staying close to him creates unselfishness and true humility. Unselfishness and true humility and a thousand and one other things. Can you say amen? amen. I have a definition for you. I'm sorry I didn't give you that to put down. I should have sent that to you. Um, two definitions for the word help to help, to be a helper is to make it easy for someone to do something by offering one services or resources a helper makes it easy for one ma- makes it easy easier for someone to do something by offering one services or resources My second definition is the action of helping someone to do something, bringing assistance. The action of helping someone to do something, bringing assistance. That's what a true helper is. That first definition I really like, making it easier for someone to do something by offering one's services or resources. There's a lot of different examples that I could use or whatever, and and I mean, you know, I, I could stand up here for the next probably six hours talking about just the times that God has led me, the Holy Spirit has led me into helping an individual, helping my family, helping friends, helping people, acquaintances, people in ministry, wherever, just helping people, people in the church. But I just want to, I just had this thought as I was going to use this as an example. The the definition is make it easier for someone to do something by offering one services or resources. You wouldn't think that this would be like at the top of my list, and it's not necessarily, but it's just a good example of somebody nobody here even knows. But I lived on a certain street years ago here in, in uh, Kerrville, and um, right across the street from us, some people lived in that house, they moved out, and then an, an older man and his wife, he, he was probably in his mid-70s when he moved in, he and his wife moved into that house. And uh, when they moved into to the house, one day <clears throat> I saw him outside, and uh, what was his name? Mr. Avery, Mr. Avey, maybe something like that, yeah. And uh, he he'd come from I think El Paso or somewhere, and he moved to, in town. And I and I walked across the street and uh, and just introduced myself to him. And he said, uh, and he said, uh, "I'm Mr. Avery and and or Avery, I think is I think it was Avi is was his name. I'm Mr. Avery and and uh, uh, my wife and I are here." And I said. Uh, He told me he was from El Paso, and so we talked and and whatever. And uh, I left that day, and and as I was walking back across the street or something like that, what happened to me, what God told me was, I've called you to be a a surrogate son to that man. (laughs) And I thought, I I really hadn't heard that before, and I remember telling my wife, you know, I said, there's something I've got to be to this man. I don't know what it is. And uh, so, I, you know, you try to force something like that and not be led by the Spirit of God, you'll screw it up, right? You'll try to force it, try to create some kind of relationship or whatever. No, I, I, I think after that first meeting, I don't know that I ever talked to the guy again for probably several weeks, maybe a month or two. I don't, I don't remember how long it was, years ago. But long story short, what happened out of that relationship is I found out, number one, that he and his wife had never had children. And so they had no, so they had no grandchildren. They had some nieces and nephews, but they were a long way away and nobody was ever around and they were just always by themselves. And uh, one thing that this older gentleman really loved to do was play golf. (laughs) And from that time on until they they moved out of town and moved to Tyler, I think it was around maybe a niece or something like that, probably about six years that they lived across the street from us. And that whole time, he and I traveled all over Texas playing golf at golf courses around the country. And that man, the first time that I tried to pay for my golf or pay for the two of our golf, he, he looked at me and he says, he said, I got a lot of money. And he said, if you don't let me pay for this, I will never play with you again. That's so what he told me. And he said, and we're going to eat. Every golf course we go to, we're going to eat because I like a good steak. And I said, well, if you're going to force me, no. <laughs> and, and Mr. Avi and I, he became my, grand, my surrogate grandfather and I became his surrogate grandson or son or he became my surrogate father or something like that. But I was able to help that man in his loneliness. He didn't need anything financially. He didn't need anything. He had worked a great job and had great retirement. He had all these kind of things. But he had nothing. He wasn't born again. And every time I tried to talk to him about God, he told me, he said, I really don't want to talk about God. So said, I really don't want to talk about it. I said, all right. So they were packing their house up when they left, and the whole reason to help this man was for this last night. They were packing the house up, and I can remember I walked across the street, back across the street after I told him bye, and I mean I just I was crying like a little baby. The Holy Spirit said. He's not born again. I'd spend all this time with him and i you know, tempted him, but i never shoved anything on anybody. He told me, well, I don't want to talk about God. And I said, all right. And I'm only here and doing what I'm doing with you because the Holy Spirit led me there. To do what? To help him. Right? To help him. And I walked back across the street and I sat in the living room with the two of them and I told them, I can't let you go without making sure that you're born again, I'm giving you the opportunity. And I prayed with him that night to receive Jesus after that whole time. And, you know, you know, you can do a great thing like that, but if you don't help your family, if you're not a helper, if you're just a helper for things like that that are special, I mean, you know, this man pay, paid for me to play golf at some of the really expensive golf courses around the state of Texas, you know. I mean, and we had a great time and, and ate some really good, you know, 24-ounce steaks. <laughs> and and all that, but it has nothing to do with it. I would have paid my way the whole way to do what the Holy Spirit said to do. Right? And none of that all that's great, but none of it matters if you don't do that all the time. See, so we have to be helpers all the time. Well, you know, I do I did that and so that that's like my penance for what you know. For, for for life and, and being a helper. I've helped this person and that person, they were kind of down and that well that's all good, but it has to be what the Holy Spirit is saying do. Because you do and you step in, you mess things up for him and he didn't like it. He didn't like it. We got to do it his way and his way only. Can you say amen to that? So this verse of scripture in Luke sixteen, I just got a couple more and then I'm gonna I'll finish this next next uh, Wednesday. Luke 16 and verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, or just the things of the flesh, the natural things, who will commit to you the true riches, which is the things of the Spirit? So people say, well, you know, that's just natural stuff. That did not mean anything. Right here it says it does. you got to be faithful with natural things. He's not just talking, mammon is not just, you know, federal reserve notes. Mammon is everything in the flesh. you got to be faithful with those things. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And he says, and if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, Who will give you what is your own? Now, I'm going to use this church as an example. I'll finish this verse in just a second, but I'm going to use this church as an example. This congregation, this church of Jesus Christ, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a body of believers that because of the way we bring the word here, you're being discipled to be a disciple of His. Did you hear what I said? So, the church is God's. He's building his church. The church belongs to God. It's his. He created it. It's his. But in this congregation, you know, in a sense, get me when I say this this is my church, but it's your church, right? Yeah, right. But I want to go back to the fact that it's my church. And it's my church, why? because I'm the leader here. It's, I'm, I'm not the leader because it's, uh, because it's a job. I'm, it's a paid position and it's a job. It's a le- I'm the leader because I'm in the office of a five-fold ministry pastor that God called me to 32 years ago. And And in this office, because I'm the leader, then it's, in a sense, it's my church, but yet Each one of us are followers of Jesus, so it's our church, okay? But before I finish that verse, let me read this verse, okay? And this is found in Hebrews 13, verse 7 and 17 in Hebrews 13. Let me read this. Remember those, verse 7, who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, watching them. Obey those who rule over you, verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do it with joy and not with grief, because it's unprofitable for you. The reason this is my church, in a sense... Is because at the judgment seat of Christ, I have to give account for this place, not you. At the judgment seat of Christ, I give account for this. Who did he say? The ones that preach the word to you. So I give account, so I'm that one in the passage that he's just talking about, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those in the passage that I was just looking at in Luke 16.10, if you've not been faithful, and this is verse, I think, 11, if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? I've been called to teach and preach the Word of God, but I'm just telling you today, i got to have help. And you know what? I don't say that in desperation. I'm saying it won't work without help. Because I can't teach and preach and do everything else. And when other things aren't right, it it affects the teaching and preaching because it affects me. When other things aren't right or they're not taken care of or the help's not in place like that for for the body. Now, now, Now get this. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but He gave authority to us, and He's here to help us, but if we, don't, if, we, if we don't look to His help, then things aren't done and taken care of. He needs help in the earth from us, so I'm saying as this being my church in a sense, I need help. And that takes people not just going through the motions of something. You go through the Genesis class, you hear what teams we have or places you can serve in the body here, you can do those kind of things, but it takes you being sensitive in your heart about what God wants you to do, and it's not just what you're gifted at. I'm just telling you, the things that I serve in today, like I said to you earlier, are the things I don't want to do. Every place I serve I, that I can think of, there, there are things that I do all the time. I won't go through the list of those. There's things that I do all the time for others that in the natural I really don't want to do it. But when I do it, there's great reward. Did you hear what I said? It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm walking around like this and dad dadgummit, I got to do this again. <laughs> huh? No. You, you have that attitude, don't do it. I promise you, don't do it. And I've learned because I did it. I've done it at times like that. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So he said in the last part of that verse, he said, you can't serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one and despise the other, you can't serve the things of the Spirit and the things of the flesh. That's what he's saying right here. In other words, you have to develop your awareness of the Holy Spirit, become the helper He created you to be, so that the things that you do in the flesh now line up with the Spirit, not the flesh trying to line up your spirit man. That's where the fight is. Because God won't bless anything that you're doing just from the flesh that you didn't get from Him. What He blesses in the flesh and in the natural are the things you got from Him, and that's what you're doing. Everybody say, I'm a helper. helper. We were created (laughs) to be helpers. Come on, and again I say, come on. Amen? Amen? So, I want to leave you just with this last passage as a story you can think about we gone a little bit over tonight, but, but I, want you to, I want to leave this with you, and then you can, you can uh, be thinking about it as we pick it up next week. And this is a story out of 1 Samuel chapter 14, and starting with verse 6. This is about Jonathan and his armor bearer, or his helper. Jonathan and his helper. Jonathan was King Saul's son, David's best friend. And it says... Then Jonathan, verse 6, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. There was an army of people. And Jonathan looks to his armor bearer, so the two of them were going to go up against an army. Hmm. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. <laughs> Two or a whole army. You, there, there, were, there were about 600 that were in the garrison against them, and you could have 1,000 and get beat by the 600. Did, I, did you hear what I said? But not if the Lord's on your side. Come on. So he says this. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Mm, Can you see that helper? Go then, and this is what he says, Here I am with you according to your heart. Not your head, but your heart. So in essence, this is Old Testament. In essence, we translate this in New Testament as being, Whatever you're hearing from God, you do it, and I'm with you. I'm your helper. <laughs> Woo! Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. And he goes on and on and talks about, you know, kind of set a fleece out for that. New Testament, you don't set out fleeces. Old Testament, they did, Holy Spirit worked through them. New Testament, you set fleeces and you get taken. <laughs> But the end result was these two wiped out a whole army because of the presence of God, the voice of God, and all Jonathan needed was a helper. (laughs) He was the man of God. He was hearing what needed to be said, but all he needed was a helper, (laughs) Woo! and they could accomplish whatever they needed to accomplish. All he needed was a helper. And you know what you see in Jonathan is great faith. You see in Jonathan great faith to lead based on what Holy Spirit is saying. Not leading in what he's dreaming up and thinking this is going to work and it's going to be right. No, he heard from God. This is what God said. The Lord can win battles with few or many. And they won with two because they heard from God. Jonathan was a man of faith. He needed the help. He stopped the whole army. Because when you have faith and you have help, (laughs) you've got the winning combination. We have the true helper, the Holy Spirit. And now I've been created, you've been created to help in such a way that it causes victory for other people. That right. causes victory for other people. That's right. The Bible says that Moses was the most humble man on planet Earth. That's what it says. He was the most, in his day, was the most humble man on the earth and the truth of the matter is he was the most used man and from day one to the day that he ended here on planet earth he was used by God in amazing ways and along the way in his journey he was delivered of pride of arrogance self-centeredness thinking he could figure it all out he got delivered of all those things and because he was Because he stayed close to God and he was delivered of those things, he was the most used man in his whole lifetime. In his lifetime, he was the most used man on the planet because he was the most humble man because he stayed with it. You can see in the first 30, 40 years of his life, a lot of pride and lack of humility. You can see him you know, have an attitude and thinking he could figure it all out and killing people when he should have not done that and done all kinds of things that he shouldn't have done. But that's not what God looks at. didn't look at some of the skirmishes that we've lost and the bad decisions that we've made. He looks at what are you doing today? Amen? Yeah. I don't know about you, but I say thank God to that. Amen? Thank God. doesn't matter some of the mistakes I've made. What matters what I'm doing today. We're staying close to God, we're going to be the helpers God created us to be, and we're seeing this earth and this planet change. Listen to me. You can't go anywhere. You, 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 you've got to live long, and you've got to live strong, and you've got to live lives that will be here for a long time because God's got a lot for you to do because there's a lot of people that need help. Can you say amen to that? And man, when you become a helper because you're connected to the true helper, when you become that helper, man, you, you, you get helped yourself. When you're actively helping, you're, He's helping you at the same time. You know, it, it's something about that. You know, when you're always wanting somebody to help you, yeah, nobody cares about me. When you're always looking at life like that, you got to get out of that. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've all said those kind of things. Don't get under condemnation about it. I'm just saying you can't stay there. you got to rise up out of it. This is a great day to be alive and be on top in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen?